Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. It is Wednesday, April 29, 2015. Welcome to Yakuza Cake Radio. I'm your host, J-Cat Morris. Uh, you know, this probably isn't going to be a super long show because I don't have a ton to talk about, but I do have some things to cover for sure. Um, in a little bit, I'm going to talk about the uh, WWE pay-per-view, which I kind of uh, half paid attention to, but from what I did see, I did like. So uh, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um Oh, what's what's going on? Um, well, obviously, uh, you know, big things going on over there in Baltimore. I guess I'll just start off with this. Um, you know, this is the same thing that I said, uh, you know, when they were rioting in Ferguson. And um, the thing is, is uh, I should have pulled up this definition before I started talking. <laughs> Um, but I didn't. Hold on. There we go. All right. Um, you know, what it is to me is it's nothing short of terrorism. It, it's, these people are terrorists. 
That's exactly what it is. I mean, if you look at, um, let me see what the actual definition that's written here. Um, uh, terrorist, uh, I'm trying to find the uh, explain meaning. I, I, I had it the other day, and uh, for some reason I uh, I lost it. But um, what it is is, you know, it's more or less um, revolting against government through violent actions, um, choosing your own way of government through violent actions. Um, these are, you know, the definitions of terrorism. A lot of times, um, you know, terrorists just get immediately labeled with somebody from outside of the country, um, you know, foreigners and, and this type of thing. But it's really not. Um, this is exactly what terrorism is. Um, you know, it's homegrown terrorism, but it's terrorism nonetheless. Um, so in my personal opinion, um, regardless of what sparks this terrorism, because, you know, realistically, if you don't like something that goes on in the judicial judicial system or um, something that goes on with law enforcement and your next move is to burn buildings to the ground, well, you're a bigger problem than the first thing that happened because, um, I mean, even if it's one life that you're, you know, revolting against, then you could be completely in the right for being upset. When you then endanger multiple, multiple lives and affect multiple lives, you're now worse than the people that you're revolting about. Um, in my personal opinion, they should be treated just like terrorists. There should be, um, you know, an emergency curfew put down. They should, you know, broadcast as much as they want by this time, fucking 8 o'clock, whatever, everybody locked down. And then they go out on the street and they treat it as a terrorist attack, which means, you know, they move in, you know, part of our um, our, armed for- our armed forces and they fucking detain who they can and, and kill who they can, straight up. Because if you're going to burn businesses to the ground, and you're going to, you know, try to harm people and attack law enforcement and all that. I mean, you're you're no different than a terrorist. You know, if you're doing it in the name of Allah or you're doing it in the name of a court case that you didn't agree with, what what is the difference? There really is no difference. Um, so, you know, I'm not – the thing is, like, I don't get into political matters. I don't – generally don't get into um, – you know, current events to the point where it affects me. And um, to a certain extent, some people would call that like a sociopath type behavior. Um, I, I don't see it that way. I mean, I have tons of compassion and um, I, I really do, you know, view things in a very human, in, in a very human way. However, I cannot let any of these situations, regardless of what it's based off of, consume me. I refuse to let it happen. And I think that a lot of people waste their entire lives being consumed with what the government's doing this minute, um, you know, what court case is going on here, what court case is going on there, um, you know, how the police treated this situation, how this happened, how that happened. Whatever it is, if it consumes your life to the point where you're going to walk around all day in a fucked up mood. You're going to walk around in some form of personal mourning, although it doesn't directly affect you. I, I don't know. I choose not to live that way. That's why um, 
you know, and I made a couple of jokes about the thing, um, more or less, that, you know, can we just send Ray Rice out there? Because, uh, you know, send him out there in elevator mode. And, um, you know, if he, uh, you know, have him straighten some people out. If it works, he kind of fixes his image a little bit. If it doesn't, we lose Ray Rice. It's a win-win situation, you know. <laughs> there is no loser there. So, you know, that was my joke. And the other one was saying that, you know, uh, I knew they couldn't be trusted after they beat us in the Super Bowl. You know, just pretty harmless jokes. Um, now, obviously, there's a level of going overboard. If you spend, you know, two, three days, you know, going out of your way to find joke after joke after joke or, you know, really beating it to death and um, treating the situation as a complete joking matter, then I can understand some form of outrage. Or I mean, I wouldn't even say outrage because I think that's going too far. Um, and I know there's other people who said it. I I did read the comment of um, Sozio Niles Young, more or less uh, putting out this whole thing that you know people making jokes about um, you know the situation while it's still going on should be ashamed of yourself and blah 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 blah. And you know I, I don't take it as directed directly towards me. However, this is this is how I I do things. If something applies to me, I do react. Uh, I wasn't going to get into a back and forth on there. He actually uh, said he didn't want a discussion. He didn't want comments and stuff like that. So again, you know, it's not um, it's not something that I feel was was really based towards me or anything like that. Um, I think I'm cool enough with him where he could private message me if it was directly about me. Um, but you know, like I said, it does apply to me. My thing is this: um, you know, there's there's comedians, there's uh, people who aren't you know, directly comedians, but they will make jokes and things of this nature. Again, nothing too overboard or, or, um, you know, consistent, but sometimes you have to make light of bad situations in order to continue with your own life, you know, and maybe put a half a smile on someone's face. That's just dwelling on it too much. Um, the, the reality of the situation is it's a terrible situation. However, I don't think Sozio or anybody else who's outraged, and I'm not going to continue to talk about him because it's it's really not about him. I'm just reacting in general and defending my own, you know, um, right right to right to say what I want to say. You know, whether it's a comedic thing in a tragic situation or you know whatever it may be. Um. I don't think that he's going to go out there and make a difference in the situation. I don't think he's going to go out there and fix things. I don't have any plans of my own to go out there and fix things. So I just I have some level of annoyance with people who decide that they're going to be like um, the moral compass or the moral um, measuring stick for what people are and are not allowed to say. I mean, there's there's some things that may be said by other people who are offended by this that they may be offending someone else with. You know what I mean? And it's just a, it's a freedom of speech. And it's it's something that's not really that big a deal. When it comes down to it, here here's my part of things. Here's why I have the right to say what I want and people shouldn't get so fucking butthurt over it because I'm the type of motherfucker that's never going to burn the CVS to the ground. I'm the type of motherfucker that's going to make sure my kids are raised right where they're not the type of person 
to burn a CVS to the fucking ground. So that's the benefit you get from me and the type of person I am. Along the way, if you don't like some things that I say, good, go fuck yourself. It really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter if you like what I say or not. The benefit is is uh, you don't ever have to worry about fires around the fucking stores you're shopping at, you know, because of me. So, And like I said, I'm not basing that directly towards him or anything like that. Um, but it's, it's happened many and many a times. And it's, you know, it's, everybody's got an opinion on the situation. And you'll always see in these tragic situations, um, you get a, a few different type of people. You get people who go way overboard with the jokes and, and nonstop and they turn it into as if it's, it's not even a serious situation, which is something that I wasn't doing. Um, you'll get other people who just, as I said, let it cripple them. Completely let it cripple them. There'll be people that see, you know, oh, there's an earthquake in in Haiti, and you know, the, these people are, you know, uh, Irish guy from fucking uh, Kansas, and and that guy is gonna walk around all day just depressed and so sad, and everything that's going on over there. How can you smile when you know what's going on in Haiti? It's like, dude, fucking. I don't know, man. I just feel like we don't have that many years on this planet to let any fucking thing drag you down. I mean, um, and I do plan on starting that uh, that other uh, motivational type of podcast thing um, this weekend. I was going to do one actually last night, and then I just uh, just decided against it. But um, it's um, a lot of things, because I'm not, you know, I'm not one of these over-the-top positive people, but... I have found a certain way to look at things, to to walk around with a little bit more of a a good attitude, and um, you know, happy about the life that that we're living, and uh, that that's something that took a long time to, you know, come to grips with. So that's that's what that's going to touch on. But uh, look forward to that over the weekend. But what I'm saying is, like I said, you, you don't let it carry you fucking down. Especially if, you know, someone of your family isn't, you know, directly affected in there. And again, I know it sounds like a sociopath type of thing, like it doesn't affect me, it doesn't it shouldn't affect my mood, but honestly it shouldn't. Because if you really want to find something terrible to tear you down every day of the week, you'll find fucking twelve of those things. So I don't know. It's just me and um I just like I said, I think the most important thing is is if you went out there and you personally live the the type of life that you know you're not going to be the type of person to create some kind of chaos and some kind of terrorism on, on in your country or anywhere else and you know you raise you raise children that are going to live and act the same way hey man you you go ahead and fucking say what you want i might agree with what you're saying i might not you know some people might think you're, you're fucked up for saying this or that but I would rather people all the way across the board, um, you know, speak freely and do whatever they want to do on, on that front. And then on the other side of things, stop fucking burning things down. Stop fucking taking the violence, you know, when it comes down to you not agreeing with something. So I don't know. That that was just, you know, my feelings on the situation. I wanted to vent just a little bit about, you know, what I said. Because I don't I don't like things getting blown out of proportion where it becomes like you're the problem. You know what I mean? When there's clearly people doing a whole shitload worse. And, um, you know, I'm not fucking knocking on the, the owner of the CVS doors, uh, uh, 
the owner of the CVS's uh, house's fucking door and saying, hey, hey, jerk off. Hey, you want to hear something funny? Like, uh, you know, it's uh, half of what goes on on social media. So it is what it is. I don't know. I don't expect that type of, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, this next coming week, I'm very excited. I uh, got a bunch of shit going on. Obviously, the big fight over the weekend is going to happen with uh, Mayweather and Pacquiao. And uh, I obviously got a Mayweather on that. I don't know how anybody bets against a guy who hasn't lost. Um, I don't know. I just, I got to go with money. And uh, he's the best defensive fighter possibly ever. I mean, you know, it may not make for the most entertaining fights in the world, but he knows how to fucking handle himself in there. So there's not another motherfucking amount. And I think that's going to be the same thing that goes on here. Um, you know, Pacquiao's a little more, you know, up-tempo and aggressive, and uh, Mayweather's just a fucking scientist out there. So, um, yeah, I think that's what we're going to see. So I'm going to check that out Saturday night. Um, Sunday, I'm going to make the trek over to, I forget what the fuck town that is, but it's about two hours away. It's kind of close to Philly, Delaware area, and it's in Jersey, but it's uh, it's pretty much the biggest, chili pepper uh, selling, you know, farms or greenhouses that you'll find, if not only on the East Coast, uh, possibly in in the country. I I don't know. I could be wrong on as far as, uh, you know, the country thing because I don't know that much. But I know if you search Internet places to, um, you know, buy chili plants from, and large varieties of chili plants, like ready grown plants that, that will ship to you. This joint in Jersey over there is about the fucking, you know, the biggest one that comes up. So I got to think that it's a, you know, a pretty big deal. I went out there, I got 30 something different types of peppers last year. I'm going to do at least that this year. This year, I'm going to make sure my shit gets a lot more sun because I kind of failed on that last year. I had to move all my plants up front and, um, you know, that really uh, held back my uh, my crop, so to speak. Uh, I got, you know, really late progress going in everything, and shit started popping off, but it was already late. I was already battling cold, so the peppers I was really getting were way late season, and, um, you know, the, the cold was closing in on it and killing the plants little by little. So now I'm really fucking, uh, I'll put the motherfuckers on the curb if I need to, to get all the sun I can because the trees in my yard have grown a little bit uh, too full. So the backyard's a little tough going. You know, it's nice back there because when it's blazing hot outside, you can probably drop almost 10 degrees with all the shade we got back there. But when it comes to growing shit, it's a little rough. I'm going to try to get a tree service in here, open up a little light, you know, a little bit here and there, just to, you know, cut back some of this stuff. But either way, um, I'm really excited. That's like fucking Christmas. You're on a run out there. And, um, you know, I have a catalog they send you so you can go through and see, you know, what all the peppers are and how hot they are, the different types. It's fucking crazy. There's hundreds of types of peppers. Easy. Like, no exaggeration. I never knew that type of shit until I got into this a couple of years ago. But the hottest in the world, the Carolina Reaper, all sorts of different things I'm going to be growing. So, um Looking forward to that. I'm sure my Facebook will be lit up with fucking pictures come Sunday. Um, so that's that's that. Um, Monday, I'm gonna go and um, I'm gonna get my next tat. So I'm fucking looking forward to that too. 
And, um, yeah, then I fucking forward from that. Monday night is the uh, last episode of Gotham for this season. Gotham is has been on fucking fire. The show is great. Um, big fan. And the thing is, like, uh, the twists and turns that keep happening in the show are, are fucking awesome. Um, they've really done great things with the characters throughout. Um, they got that really cool... Um, because basically, for those who haven't watched Gotham, um, it's so based around the villains. Uh, the villains are the most of the story arc for the most part. You know, you have, uh, Gordon, you know, who's, uh, gonna later on end up being Commissioner Gordon, but right now he's just a cop. And, uh, you know, they're fighting shit. Uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman, is just a little punk-ass kid. I kind of don't like Batman at all. I think he's a bitch. But um, the villains in this shit are just so good. So fucking good. And, um, you know, Penguin is just like the most fucking diabolic motherfucker out there. He's, um, you know, came from being like a little henchman guy, almost getting killed, you know, uh, and uh, just just conniving his way into the hearts of this fucking mob scene. You got the two different mob families that are against each other. And he's further turned them against each other and uh, ignited this huge mob war. And he's he's doing all these tricks and fucking killing people and making, you know, one mob think it's the other one. And, uh, you know, really fucking, you know, turning the screws on this shit. So uh, it, it's really fucking cool. I enjoy it quite a bit. A lot of the other, uh, you know, known Batman villains are really... Uh, you know, developing, they kind of teased the Joker in this first season. I guess it's the first season. It's kind of, you know, they broke it up a little bit, but I guess it's like one big-ass first season. Um, you know, they teased the Joker thing a little bit on the one uh, episode, but they just kind of left that alone. You know, they they sent the kid to Arkham, so he's, um, you know, over there in the fucking nuthouse. And he could, you know, pop back up at any point. Um, they, they teased the uh, Scarecrow. You know, another kid that was just losing his fucking mind had him strapped down to a bed just knowing that, you know, shit ain't right with this fucking guy. He could show up later. Um, they just had a, a serial killer, the the ogre, who would um, take, he would lure women back to his apartment and, uh, you know, he'd fucking kill them. He had a whole case with all the pictures and shit of, of all these different chicks. And, uh, you know, he had this crazy fucking... Uh, this setup that was a whole soundproof room and he would bring him in there and he'd, he'd kill him and uh, he dumped their bodies all over the city and then the cops were scared to go after him because every time a cop would investigate him he would kill one of their loved ones and shit so you know it was fucking intense um and uh the riddler he's been a, a built character from the start he's a member of the the uh yeah police department where He's uh, more or less like a medical examiner and, uh, you know, forensic examiner type guy. And, you know, he figures a lot of shit out, and he's always got crazy little riddles. And, uh, you know, you can see little by little he's losing his shit because uh, there's this this woman he really likes in the uh, police department, and she likes this big, thick head cop, and she's with him. And he's, he's kind of a bully and shit, and he finally just fucking turned that situation up and killed that fucking guy. So he just, he just did his first killing and shit. And, 
you know, again, it just continues to develop, and uh, it's just a really cool show. So the big uh, season finale is on uh, Monday, and shit's going to go down. And then i got to wait till fucking, like, September to, uh, you know, see that shit again. Also, tomorrow is um, the NFL draft. So fucking looking forward to that because the NFL is uh, – that's my shit right there. Everybody knows that. Um, I have not been watching the NBA at all this year. Um, I don't know. Something about it, you know, losing half my fucking team. And, um, you know, Niners not making the playoffs just gives me, you know, bad taste in my mouth going to the, you know, into other sports. Uh, you know, LeBron gone. Um, and then I was more or less going to get into basketball towards the end of the season. Leading into the playoffs, um, you know, second half of the season towards the playoffs. I'm having more and more trouble over the years following basketball as far as the the whole season goes. The season is just too fucking long. Anybody could beat anybody, and when it comes down to it, it doesn't even matter. Once you make the playoffs, then the teams are going to look how they look, and that's when everything's going to make a big difference. But the, the season is just too fucking long. You know, the NFL, every game counts. Everything could be measured on some level. The NBA is just a bunch of bullshit for the most part. And uh, as years go, it's a little harder to follow. I'm a Heat fan, no question about it. But, um, you know, I just – I more or less would rather tune in come, uh, you know, end of the season for the playoff race and then playoff time for the playoffs. But, um, you know – Chris Bosh going out with a fucking blood clot in his lung was like a fucking deal sealed with our team. Bosh was taking over as the leader this year with LeBron leaving. And, um, you know, fucking blood clot in the lung. Jesus Christ. And, you know, when your new top guy is going to more or less be out with like a life-threatening illness, uh, that's terrible shit. And, uh, you know, so it's hard to, I, I, at that point, I didn't even want them to make the playoffs because they weren't worthy of it. They're just going to get smacked up in the first round or, you know, there's no way to make it past the first round with that type of team. So I, I haven't followed much anything. One thing I can tell you is the, uh, the Nets are in the playoffs again with the Knicks not in the fucking playoffs again. And it's funny because all these Knicks fans, all these ridiculous Knicks fans, you know, try to laugh and clown me when I said, listen, fucking – when the Nets moved to New York from Jersey, I said, oh, okay, so now the Knicks are the second-best team in New York. They're, oh, yeah, right, yeah, we'll see, blah, 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 blah. Well, fucking the Nets have consistently had a better record at the end of the year than the Knicks. So it proves once again that the fucking Knicks are garbage, and uh, you can move another team into their state, and they're going to play second fiddle to that team. So. You know, I'd say it's a shame, but I don't give a fuck because uh, I'm a Heat fan, and they do not like the fucking Knicks. Uh, LeBron's still going strong in there. I'm rooting for him, if anything, you know. Open LeBron goes and gets the fucking title for Cleveland. I'm still a LeBron fan despite the fact that he left. I love the fucking uh, – all. It, it just hurts all these fucking people so bad that he that he's successful for whatever reason. Um, so, yeah, I'm still a LeBron guy, and, um, you know, I'm rooting for him to, to go win that shit. Um, so that's that. Um, let me see. What else do I got going? Oh, speaking of fighting, John Bones Jones has got to be pretty much fucking done. And, uh, you know, that was, that was my favorite guy to watch as far as the UFC goes. Um, you know, Ronda on the female side of things for sure. 
become a big fan of hers. And um, John Bones Jones was my fucking guy. He won his last fight, and um, then he tested positive for cocaine after the fight, which is the weirdest thing when they test after fights, which I outlined then, where they got their money and then all of a sudden tested people's, uh, you know, tested people for drugs after they cashed checks. But, um, yeah, really uh, fucking crazy turn of events there because they put the guy in rehab for maybe a month or some stupid shit like this or a week or a month, something really ridiculous. And, um, you know, you don't hear anything about it. They didn't even strip him of the title uh, when he tested positive for Coke, you know, and that's fucking crazy. I mean, there's a lot of other guys that have done a lot less things and they're like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Fuck that guy. And um, test positive for Coke, and like pretty much no penalty. And hey, go, you know, straighten your shit out and uh, we'll stand here and wait. And you still hold the title and all that. So, fucking, uh, this guy gets fucking a hit and run. <laughs> and um, Coke found on the fucking scene. So now they strip him of the title and they, uh, you know, fucking uh, suspended him indefinitely. I just don't see him coming back from this. I mean, anything's possible, but you tarnish your reputation to that level where it's coke and then hit and runs and more coke. And I mean, he, he's a hell of a fighter. So I guess, you know, if he goes and spends six months in rehab and then, you know, uh, finds Jesus or something and uh, turns it around, next thing you know, uh, he could be making some kind of comeback. But I don't know. I, I feel like they're going to want to stay away from this guy just because it's so... Uh, such you know a bad image and everything, but yeah, it's UFC. It's not a, it's not the NFL. Uh, but even the NFL, Jesus Christ, fucking Greg Hardy, you know, signs a big fucking giant contract. The guy suspended for ten games because of uh, beating his fucking wife. So you know, it just shows that again, they're not really too concerned. Only as concerned as it, as need be for the media, but um. Uh, Gym-wise, I tried um, Psychotic. It's a pre-workout. I tried Psychotic and uh, something else called Insane Banes. They're both from Insane Labs. Um, I don't know. I saw them advertised on Facebook, and I figured rather than buy a huge container, I'll just, you know, buy the sample packs. It was like 10 bucks, and you got three samples of each thing. And um, I, I really wasn't a big fan of it. It definitely worked, but... Um, if you've ever taken that animal rage stuff, it was very similar to that. And for some reason, the animal rage always kind of made me, like, give me a little bit of a nauseous feeling. Yeah, I could do three scoops of C4 and no nauseous whatsoever, but you do a little bit of that. For some reason, it just kind of weighs heavy on me, and I just yeah, don't really like the feeling coming off of it. So, you know, there's uh, there's that. But um, I, I saw that um, C4 is also making now something called C4 50 times, which is supposed to be 50 times more potent. So I'm, I'm looking to try that. I find it so funny that all these um, pre-workout supplements will tell you, do not you know exceed the recommended dosage, which most people do, including myself. And then um, you blink, and then they're offering something that's 10 times, 50 times stronger. It's like, oh, that seems like you're way exceeding the dosage, but okay. So, um, yeah, I'm looking to try that. I got another container of Bull Knox coming. Um, I love the gym pre-workout 
J-Y-M. That, that's solid shit. Bull Knox was really good, and I, I liked it. It gave you a lot of late workout strength, like that late boost. Um, I did have to updose on that quite a bit as well, but when I updosed on it, the fucking feeling was uh, was where I wanted to be. So, um, I guess they're gonna do another container of that, and then uh, I'm gonna search out the C4 50 times and see what's what's going on there. Um, I watched uh, Top Five, a couple movies. I watched Top Five, liked that a lot. I thought that was very funny. Uh, you know, star studded. And um, Horrible Bosses 2. I thought that was very fucking funny. I liked both of those movies a lot. Horrible Bosses and Horrible Bosses 2. Um, yeah, I highly recommend them. If you like comedies and shit, it's fucking, it's really good. I like that one. I watched Dumb and Dumber, the, the newest one. I really didn't like that that much. There were some funny parts to it, but it was just too over-the-top stupid for me. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it was too goofy, you know, and I know that's what they were going for, but in the same token, it just, I don't know, it just didn't land with me. For some reason, it was just, uh, I don't know, just, just kind of irritating. So, um, but yeah, I definitely recommend those other two funny fucking movies. Um, I'm going to take a break, come back, touch on this WWE stuff. Um, like I said, I don't have a million things to talk about tonight, but you know, probably put in another, uh, half hour, 40 minutes, something like that. All right, so uh, let me go down and grab a track here. Um, all right, throw some big pun on. Like a brujeria first I'm worse than anything you ever been through 
sick in the head and mental, essentially meant to be Soul threat against you, when you awaken, your manhood will be taken Faking like you Satan, when I'm the rhyming abomination You ain't a killer, you're still learning how to walk From New York to Cali, you're the real niggas, got we talk Mark you for death, won't even talk that he's the West crap But watch the left crack, it ain't where you're from, it's where you got You ain't a killer, you're still learning how to walk From New York to Cali, you're the real niggas, got we talk Mark you for death, won't even talk that he's the West crap But watch the left crack, it ain't where you're from, it's where Recognize who lies, it's all in the eyes She go, we read them and see them for what they are These an undercover cars, taking my picture like I'm a fucking star I'm up to form, I came in a smash Half a million in the stash, last but with the gas First name and last, ask anybody if my men are rowdy Give me the mini shot of your body, you nigga for a penny probably I'm obligated to anything if it's crime related If it's shine, I'll take it, still in my prime and I finally made it I hate the fact that I'm the last addition Robbing your staff magician, could've went to college and been the mathematician Bad decisions kept me out the game Now I'm strictly out for cream Doing things to fiends I doubt you ever dream My team's the meanest thing you've ever seen Measured by the heaven's king Down to the devil's mezzanine I never scream so loud I'm proud to be alive Most heads die by 25 I catch a quick three to five So be advised The street's full of surprises It's not for who's alive It's when the survivors Who's the wise You ain't a killer You're still learning how to walk From New York to Cali You're the real niggas Cali chalk Mark you for death Won't even talk that he's the best crap But watch the left rack It ain't where you're from It's where you can You ain't a killer You're still learning how to walk From New York to Cali You're the real niggas Cali chalk Mark you for death Won't even talk that he's the best crap But watch the left rack It ain't where you're from It's where you got You ain't a killer You ain't a killer You ain't a killer All right, sorry about that. Um, yeah, so another thing that's going on, um, obviously Nick Gage out of prison and, um, you know, a lot of big things, matches and everything coming out of this. Um, On Point is doing big things. Uh, you know, they have uh, him and Hatred versus the Hooligans coming up, and they have uh, Scott Summers versus Gage. So, you know, both huge fucking matchups. And... Um, you know, they're doing good things with them. Uh, Beyond, they just had a, a show with um versus Dickinson. And, um, you know, I, I have heard mixed reviews. I have actually heard from a uh, you know, long-time CZW fan um, that it was okay but not great. Um, as I figured, Dickinson won, and... Um, uh, the guy I talked to seemed to think that that wasn't good because it made Gage look weak. My opinion on this thing, and this is this is, you know, further, you know, what I'm saying about the whole situation is, there's not a lot of companies that are going to book Gage as the top guy, especially when they have top guys already. Um, you really can't expect guys to just slide aside, you know, move out of the way and let a guy who's been in prison for almost five years just take their spot. You know, there's a lot of gimmick to it. There's a lot of, um, you know, kayfabe or whatever you want to call it, storyline, where they're going to say that type of thing. But there's got to be a lot of reality to that. There really does. When you go, like a guy like Chris Dickinson has spent all this time on the indies, you know, building his reputation as a bad motherfucker. 
for a guy to come out of prison and then just go, you know, you're a bitch now because I'm here. You cannot expect him or anybody else to allow that image to be portrayed. If the match goes over where Gage goes over strong, and the last thing he said is like, yeah, you're only tough because I wasn't here and now I'm here. Well, then what what kind of piece of shit does that make Dickinson look like? It makes it look like, yeah, Dickinson had zero competition. Now Gage is here. Gage is the man and Dickinson's not. I mean, it, I really don't expect. And you got to think, too, even from a company standpoint, Beyond has gone out of their way to really, really build Dickinson is a monster. But Gage comes in, he fucking squashes him, or he goes over as the fucking badass. God forbid Gage decides he's not going to work there next month. Or their their next show, or a couple next shows, decides, you know, he gets another offer, whatever. Where does that leave them as far as what they've done building Dickinson? So, to me, I just think, uh, you know, there's a little more to it than just Gage coming out, and now he's going to fucking do this, and he's the man, and shit like this. There's a certain amount of, um, like I said, there, there's the kayfabe angle of it, and there's you know storyline and this and that. But I, I just I see a ton of reality to this, and maybe that, that's that's good, and that's a suspension of disbelief, and uh, maybe there's not as much reality to it. But I gotta I gotta think there is. You know, um, Gage hasn't seen a lot of these guys. He hasn't seen a lot of what's going on with this. He wants to come back, and he wants to be a top guy. Um, I, I said it a bunch of times, especially going over, you know, how difficult it was for CZW to get him back where he belongs. Um, these other companies are not just going to book him as the fucking top guy. They're just not. It's not going to fucking happen. Dickinson goes over. Um, you know, uh, I mean, he's going down to uh, IWA Mid-South for the King of the Death match. Is he going to be Ian's top guy? No, no, he's not. He's not. Just going to be the guy who just beats the shit out of everyone down there. It's, it's not going to happen. Ian's had his top guys and guys who he's, he's built up, and, you know, uh, he's not going to have this guy just come out and just destroy them, especially a guy who's who's not going to be able to be there on a weekly basis, uh, you know, when they run the weekly shows or even monthly basis for a monthly, you know, outing. It's not likely to happen. Um, you know, a guy could be put over, he can get some wins or something like this, but to be the dominant force, the one and only company that's going to be willing to do that type of thing is CZW. And on the side of CZW, there's other guys who have stepped up, you know, and I don't mean anything by this. Um, you know, no offense to Matt Tremont or anything like that, but I think despite the fact that Matt Tremont has really, really fucking put CZW on his back, uh, Tremont has done things for CZW and brought a, a deathmatch element to CZW that it was severely lacking. You know, with people like Gage gone and people like, um, you know, Drake Younger moving on, and, uh, you know, we lost JC, we lost Damage, um, you know, uh, Necro is no more. Uh, there, there is a lot gone from the deathmatch world in CZW, and in in general. But he really filled a huge void. Um, having said that, I still think he is a guy who is more or less willing to somewhat step aside and allow Gage to do what he's going to do. Um, you know, he was a huge fan of Gage. 
And, uh, you know, I don't think he's just going to get squashed by any means. That's not what I mean by that. But there's other guys, like I said, the Dickinsons, and even the Drew Gulaks. Drew Gulak, you know, um, not long before Gage was in, you know, within a couple years before that, Drew Gulak was just a jobber. I mean, he was a guy who got squashed by guys like Gage. I mean, you had your team Andrew and stuff like that. And, um, you know, Gage ran across that guy. You know, um, Andy Sumner was the muscle. And it would take that guy to get get a guy like Gage off of uh, Gulak, who, you know, only relied on the technical wrestling and, and really, you know, would stand no match to Gage, you know, strength-wise. And, um, you know, just as far as being like a, you know, a dominant force in the ring. Since Gage has been gone, Drew Gulak has become one of the best wrestlers in the fucking country. Tearing it up everywhere he goes. He's killing it overseas. He's he's a legit fucking guy. I mean, there's there's um not a lot of people that would doubt his skills or anything like that. And um, you know. For Gage to come out, and he has has a program going with Gulak from, you know, when he went in, Gulak was wearing his gear, walking around, you know, taunting, he stole Dewey, all that thing. For Gage to come out and just completely squash him, I just, it's not going to fucking happen. Um, Drew Gulak cut one of the best promos um, that that I've heard in a long time, especially out of him. Um, I'd say the best promo of his career. And, um... It, it is absolutely fucking perfect. And he really puts, like, a tremendous perspective on, uh, you know, what this match is going to be all about and the difference. You know, I mean, Gulak is the guy who's been in the ring, hung with fucking Masada, you know, Dickinson, th- these big bad motherfuckers. So this isn't, again, this isn't Gage shows up where you haven't met anybody tough, so here I am. Like, you know, by gimmick, that's fine. You're a bad motherfucker, and I understand. You know, and and legit, Gage is a tough dude. But he's not the only tough dude on the planet. And Drew Gulak has proven himself time and time again through the different people that he's been in the ring with and and really, um, you know, become such a higher-level wrestler that this isn't fucking Alexander James. This this is not what it's going to be. You know, he could squash those fucking milk chocolate guys, which I think he's going to, and... um, you know, following that, he's going to have to have a fucking fight with Gulak. That's all I know. Um, so here's the Gulak promo that I think is just fucking phenomenal. Nick Effin Gage. It's been four and a half years since you got locked up and put in a jail. Big deal. You think I've forgotten? You think I forget so easily where we left off? No. Not Gulak. I don't forget. You come to the ring, best of the best. I wonder why I wasn't there. I wonder why I was told it's okay. Go have your tour of Europe in April. You spent four and a half years in jail thinking about your moment, your return. You get in that ring... And you start running your mouth just like you always did. But you say, for the last four and a half years, I've been in hell. You say, and the only thing that got me through was my fans. 
Well, bravo. That's great. I'm glad that in four and a half years, the only thing that got you through was your fans. Because I know you weren't thinking of your fans when you decided to go rob that bank. I know you weren't thinking about Combat Zone Wrestling when you decided to go threaten a girl's life. And I know you were not thinking about your home when you decided, hey, you know what? It's bad enough. Screw everybody else. I'm the king. I'm the man. How selfish were you? Were you thinking about that in jail? Because you didn't say that. You didn't come out and apologize to those people. You didn't apologize to the boys in the back. Yeah, you paid your debt to society. That's cool, Nikki. That's great. That's fantastic. But guess what? In four and a half years, Gulak's gone out, become one of the best wrestlers in the world. And this is still my home. You pay your debt to society. Fantastic. You want to be back home? You're going to pay your debt to Combat Zone Wrestling. And you know who's going to collect that debt? Me. Just like I've been collecting from everybody else who has something dumb to say. The time for talk is done. Why do you think I'm cutting this promo now? When we get in the ring at Proving Grounds, there ain't going to be none of that fuck this, fuck that, pussy, I'm the man, I'm the king, kill them all, back on top. It's done. When you and me get in that ring at Proving Grounds, Nikki, one thing's going to happen. We're going to fight. And I guarantee you're going to be standing in that ring with a very different Gulak. And you're going to be leaving that night thinking you should apologize. Thinking you should pay that debt. Nothing endures but change, Nikki. Remember that when I'm smacking you across your face. Yeah, that, that's what's up right there. Um, so, you know, on the topic of Gage, um, as I've uh, said, and I, I posted something online too, if you do see Gage, you know, in, in uh, at a show or you want to post on his wall, um, you know, tell him to come on the show. I'll do the proper interview. Been a CZW fan for years. You want to see how I I interview an old school CZW guy? Go listen to my Nick Mondo interview. Um, you know that that type of thing. Um, you know the Messiah interview. I, I've done a couple of good ones, and um, I, I know I can do a better job than a lot of these motherfuckers out there. And right now, it's being completely handled by uh, Brett Lauderdale and. He doesn't like me, I don't like him, which is a complete understatement, especially on the side of me not liking him. Um, and, you know, it puts a big damper on things. Gage told me he'd do it, but to contact him on Facebook, which is run by Brett Lauderdale. So um, it makes it near impossible. But the more people to put it out there, um, the more noticed it's going to be. And once it's noticed, hopefully it'll put pressure on the situation and make it happen. I, I don't know. If, if that's the case at all, if it's going to work, if it's not going to work, all I know is it's worth a shot and, um, you know, showing some interest in, uh, in it happening to begin with. Um, they had Nick Gage on the, um, the, uh, they call it, we got heat. And, um, this is a podcast that, uh, is run by, uh, Ben Jordan and Vito Tomaselli. And, uh, I gotta, you know, real quick give you a little backstory on what my problems with these fucking guys are. 
Uh, back a couple of years ago, I did a brain damage tribute show. Um, actually, before I did the brain damage tribute show, I had planned it and I had, um, you know, was lining up guests and everything. I, you know, I did a one for JC, and um, you know, I've done a few over the years. Um, you know, and they're really, really rough to do, very emotionally taxing, and um, you know, very difficult. You know, because you're also planning, you know, all of these different call-ins and everything like that. And, you know, it's it's pretty tough to pull together. But, you know, I, I was very happy with the ones that I did over the years, um, you know, for what it's worth. Um, so what happened was is amongst, uh, you know, I guess people doing brain damage tributes or whatever, they were going to do a brain damage tribute. Uh, their show was called In the Rotation, which I don't really know if they still do that, and they do two different shows, two different names with the same two fucking guys. I don't know. But right now they're doing something called We Got Heat or something, um, which, you know, you can't find it broadcasted live or anything like that. They'll have, like, a call-in number so you can call in, so you can do that type of thing. Um, but, like, you can't find anywhere it's broadcasted live. It's fucking you know, put out there at least a week after they record it, you know, so they, they have the ability to edit and chop out whatever they want. It doesn't just put it out there like, um, you know, like this type of thing. Um, so what happened was because they don't do their research and I, I've never put out anything other than what I am. I mean, everybody knows about me. I'm brutally fucking honest, whether I like something, whether I don't some, you know, I, what I am and what I'm about and what I do is all very clearly defined. Anybody could ask me anything. I really don't hold anything back. So I guess, which I didn't realize until during the call, but they wanted me to call into the show. And what I realized during the call of calling in and, and giving my, you know, my thoughts on, on brain damage was they seemed to think that I was within the inner workings of CCW as a company, Like I was actually with CCW because at some point they asked me like, so, you know, how are the people, you know, CCW feeling about this? And I was like, Oh fuck what? And it just, you know, it stuck out to me. Like these fucking guys aren't even doing their researches on, on who they're talking to. And to me, they don't take things very seriously. They seem to think they're, they're bigger than what they are. They think they're like an actual fucking news channel. And, you know, a tribute show to me is completely dedicated to what you're tributing, um, what you're paying tribute to. And that's not what they did. Um, they're not obligated to do that, but I, I found it as um, between not knowing who I was or, or, you know, better stated who I wasn't because I'm just a fan with a podcast. Um, not knowing that, and then on top of that, you know, I had a handful of people to call in, but beyond that, then moved on to random other bullshit topics. Oh, you hear this politician did this and this, and just like completely jumped off it as if it was just one of the things they were going to talk about, but labeling it a brain damage tribute show. So I took it personal, and it was still, you know, within the um, the times of my drinking. So as you know, as anything, the drinking heightened things. And, um, yeah, I, I took it very personal and had a lot of back and forth, um, 
you know, banter and anger and everything towards them. And, um, you know, we, we had, a we had it out more or less on the phone and everything else. And, you know, I'm sure I went overboard and all of those things, but in the same token, I still to this day don't agree with the type of show they run. Uh, I think it's shit. And, um, you know, Vito has gone out of his way to fucking bash me anytime my name comes up since then. And I've kept pretty much quiet about it, but I, I just think he's a piece of shit because, um, you know, I, I didn't go out of my way to bury him when I do a show every fucking week. And, um, you know, he still can't get over something that, in my opinion, was his fault because it was, uh, you know, him running a show about somebody that a lot of people cared about and treating it just like it was one of five topics that he needed to cover that day. Um, while calling it a tribute show. So that being what it was, I, I did a couple-hour tribute show. That was all people calling in and sharing their feelings and, you know, memory, memories and all that stuff. Um, you know, and, it, and it's not to pat myself on the back. It's just what I kind of feel like a, a tribute show is supposed to be. You know, I'm no, um, I'm no amazing host where I'm like, oh, that was a perfectly executed. I'm not, I'm not even going there with that. I'm just saying it was heartfelt. It was filled with people calling in to talk about him and nothing else. It wasn't, oh, and here's how I feel about uh, fucking such and such asshole over there talking about the legalization of marijuana. Or here's here's what Governor such and such said about this topic. Like, he gives a fuck. That's not. I don't understand where you think your opinion is so fucking profound that you can't leave that shit alone under the heading of something you call the tribute show. It's fucking ridiculous to me. So that's why I think they're clowns. And the fact that they went so over the top bashing me as if I'm the fucking problem. So it is what it is. They can run whatever kind of show they want. I haven't heard or seen of them whatsoever since then, other than the occasional someone bringing up my name and uh, Vito saying, you know, fuck him and this and that. So, of course, I saw that um, Nick Gage was going to be on We Got Heat Radio, which is their show, apparently. And um, here's here's how it went down. And this is, again, why I think these guys are fucking clowns. And this is why, you know, I'd like Nick Gage to come on my show for a fucking hour or more because I could easily do two hours with that fucking guy. But at, at least an hour and really fucking, you know, talk about some fucking CZW. We'll touch on the shit that happened, you know. But more so than that, I want to pick his brain about old school fucking CZW because I'm a diehard fan. These fucking guys, they bring people on their show. They don't know shit about their actual career. They know they've crossed paths with them once or twice, but they got nothing relevant to those guys' careers to talk about other than the the shit that hit the fucking headlines. It's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. So in a 20-minute interview, they had Nick Gage for 20 minutes. Within 20 minutes, they started off before Gage goes on they have fucking Corporal Robinson call in, and he just wants to say hi and what's up to Gage and welcome him home and this and there. So you got your two hosts. Now you bring in an additional guest to kind of hang out and chime in, which is obviously cutting into your time. The first display that you really don't have a lot of questions or relevant shit to talk about because you're not worried about taking away a bunch of your time. So that's what it was. It was, uh, you know, Gage comes on immediately. We get like him and Corp like uh, catching up. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, it's going to be good to see you. Yeah, holding it down. Yeah, this, that. Really nothing nothing compelling. You know, it, it is what it is. I had Corp on the show. He's a good dude. But 
you know, there was no purpose of having Corp on the show to go, hey, welcome home, buddy. You know, you could have brought 100 people on the show to say the same exact fucking thing. This is supposed to be you interviewing Nick Gage with, which as far as I know, that was the first podcast that he's been on since he was out. He did a couple actual shoot interview type things, but as far as podcasts go, that was the first one he's on. But they're kind of just having him on to have him on. Like, it doesn't really mean shit to him. Um, So then the second thing that kind of drove my point home was uh, Vito had to step away for two times in 20 minutes because he had a two-year-old running around the basement, as he said. So he couldn't, you know, find someone to watch the kid or anything so he could actually focus on the whole giant 20-minute interview. Um, They also took about five calls from fans within the 20 minutes of fucking of of talking to this guy they take like five fan calls which again shows me you have nothing to talk about because you're you're offering anybody under the sun to call in and talk to the guy because you got nothing you got another guy another guest to call in just to say hey what's up all filling your fucking 20 minutes up just just pure ridiculousness, in my opinion. And then um, somewhere towards the end of the, this uh, fantastic 20 minutes, the Ben Jordan guy legitimately says, I've been sucking your cock. This is his way of saying, like, yo, dude, I've been a fan for a while, or hey, man, you know, we've been putting you over like crazy. This dude legitimately says, as a grown motherfucking man on a podcast, says I've been sucking your cock pause no homo you know what I'm saying I feel like a lot of these fucking people on these podcasts should have that shit locked and fucking loaded for half the shit that comes out of their mouth pause no homo because the shit is ridiculous you know engages like yeah I'll come back on here anytime guys yeah thanks for fucking seriously but he, he can't come on. And, and again, I'm you know I'm somewhat overreacting because it's only been you know a mu- not even a month that he's been out, um, or you know roughly right about a month. Um, you know what I mean, so who knows? It can happen. But I just I get a little bit annoyed when these type of people, you know, wind up in an interview that. That um, you know, someone else deserves that's actually going to interview a guy that they're a fan of, rather than this bullshit that comes out of these these ridiculous twenty minute interviews, five calls, sucks sucks the guy's cock. No profound real questions about his career or matches that he really liked and give me some insight to this or insight to that. You just needed to tell him that you sucked his cock and then had five other people on plus another guest plus the other host stepping away. Like it's, it's just fucking garbage, absolute fucking trash to me. So it is what it is. I just wanted to put that out there not to put these fucking guys over, but I honestly don't give a fuck. If anyone wants to, I'm not in competition with anybody. If anyone wants to go listen to a garbage fucking podcast, there's that one. There's a lot of other ones out there that, you know, I'm just, I have found less and less tolerance these days for fucking pro wrestling podcasts anymore. 
for a long time, I've really, you know, listened to these different ones and I've tolerated them. And just for the sake of a different opinion, even if it's one that I know I'm not going to agree with, I've, I've listened to these podcasts. And for some reason, it's drawn my attention, it's drawn my attention for those reasons, because it's a topic that I know about. And um, it intrigues me to see what another person's opinion, opposite opinion is going to be. But I've kind of gotten fed up at this point, and I think I'm just about done listening to pretty much all wrestling podcasts. Occasionally, like, I'll see someone has a guest, someone that I care about, you know, or, you know, a wrestler that I want to hear what their line of questioning is, and I want to hear what, um, you know, how the interview goes. I want to hear, you know, what comes out of these interviews. That's most of what draws me in as far as any given podcast I'll listen to if they get a guest on that I'd like to hear you know, an interview from, or even someone I've interviewed. And I want to see how their interview goes, you know, just, just out of, you know, curiosity and, you know, interest in, um, in that person's career and, you know, what they have to say. I think those type of things are going to draw me in, you know, regardless. But I think a lot of these people with their week to week opinions that are for the most part, fucking horrendous. Uh, people that are going to spend every week telling you how wrestling is supposed to go and how matches are supposed to be worked. And it's just, it's fucking completely ridiculous. I just, I can't listen to this shit as a grown man anymore. I just can't. I'm just reaching that point. Maybe it's a phase I'm going through that I'm just like, fuck all of this garbage. But I just really, I got nothing left for them. I got too much substance in my life to give a fuck about some asshole's opinion on how a match is supposed to be worked. That's not a fucking wrestler. So, anyway, um, that's besides the point. Um, so, I think I'm going to take one more break, come back, talk about the WWE stuff. And um, I also listened to uh, the Nick Mondo interview while I was watching uh, as much of the WWE pay-per-view that I watched. So, I was tuning in and out, focusing on this and that, you know, and uh, some of it I watched more than others, but... You know, I'll talk about it. I've had this song stuck in my head all fucking day. So, uh, yeah. There we go. Contact, can I get a hit? Hit! 
North Kakalaka and Compton. Check it, check it, check it out. The loop for the two more bounds to the out and wow, how now, wow, how now, brow cow. We're ill to the still gets down for the flex. Next is the textbook old to the new, but the rest are doo doo. From radio to the video to Arsenio, tell me, yo, what's the scenario? together 
You know, I, I don't know. I always just think you should at least get some kind of, you know, consideration. He should definitely be in the conversation when we're talking about best ever. So, and Tribe Called Quest, man, that fucking that era back then, and the whole fucking, um, you know, Midnight Marauders and shit. I mean, come on, man. You know, fucking crazy. You know, they they just fucking they lit shit up, you know, and um. Yeah, so so I, for some reason it just randomly popped into my head all day today, and I, I had to play that shit. So anyway, um, like I said, the WWE pay per view, I turned it on on my uh, you know TV through the uh, computer through the network type deal, and um, I just uh, you know I muted it and I put on the uh, the Nick Mondo RF interview, which I hadn't yet watched or listened to, I should say. And, uh, you know, I skipped past, like, the beginning shit, like, oh, where'd you train, all of that stuff. Because, um, you know, I also did have them on. So I, I just, I don't know, I just wasn't really into hearing that. So I skipped forward a little bit until I started talking about CCW. And then, uh, you know, I kind of picked up there. And I thought it was really entertaining. Um, and, uh, you know, really good, but... I mean, the one big fucking problem with the, the interview for sure, and it's my problem with any interview conducted by that little fucking weasel, is the interview was conducted by Brett Lauderdale. And and the one thing that, you know, I got to point out, because it, it's not just fucking blind hatred. I mean, I do fucking, I do hate that dude, regardless of the situation. But, um, I mean, just, just take this example alone. And this is really the only example you should need. As an interviewer, this fucking guy asked Nick Mondo, so, you know, you're, uh, you, you know, you're going to do directing and, you know, you making movies that that's what you're going to do from now on out. And, uh, he said, yeah, yeah. His next question, his follow-up question was, are you good at it? Come on, man. Come on. You're going to ask somebody who's doing something, are you good at it? Even Mondo stopped. He paused for a second and said, you don't, you don't ask somebody that. That's for other people to determine. Like, uh, you don't ask people that shit. Like, what the fuck? Like, it was, it was like awkward as shit. Like, RF should have edited that out of the fucking video because it makes them look like jerk-offs for putting this little dickhead in charge or something. Like, imagine any fucking thing. Anything that any wrestler or anybody being interviewed anywhere, it doesn't even have to be a wrestler. Be like, hey, I fucking, you know, I've uh, I've retired from this and now I do this. Oh, well, are you good at it? What the fuck answer are you expecting following that dumbass question? It's just, I just can't stand that little fuck. I just, I really can't. So anyway, um the WWE pay-per-view in the, um, the kickoff show, which I usually miss. And I'm glad I didn't this time. Apparently Daniel Bryan's hurt again. And uh, I heard rumors that it's going to be, you know, a while, like eight months or some crazy shit. Hopefully not. But, um, you know, he was supposed to defend his, uh, intercontinental title up against Wade Barrett. Uh, so Bryan is out. Barrett gets pushed down to the pre-show and Adrian Neville, Gets his fucking, uh, gets his, uh, you know, his shot up against Barrett. 
Yeah, you figure Barrett was just the uh, the number one contender to fight for the Intercontinental title. So pretty fucking big deal to me when they put uh, Adrian Neville over. I was really happy to see that. Um, match was fucking great from what I could see. Um, good to see them actually, you know, giving the guy a push. Cause, and, and I like when, when companies do that. Uh, including, you know, even, uh, you know, what DJ did in best of the best. Ruckus was in best of the best. He pulled out. They fucking uh, replaced him with C.J. Parker. You figure this guy's a replacement. What's he going to do? You go from, you know, one guy to the next guy, and next thing you know, you're putting that guy into, you know, the further rounds of the tournament, which means it, it was the non-lazy thing to do because you thought about, okay, we're switching the situation. Instead of just copying and pasting another person into the role you had for the other guy, you have to continue to think and plan. And um, it just shows, like, more effort, you know, to to say, okay, well, you know, Wade Barrett was going to go up against Daniel Bryan. Whether Daniel Bryan retained or not, Wade Barrett was still our number one contender as far as this month goes. We pull Adrian Neville in here, we put him up against who was the number one contender, you know, you would kind of think like, well, shit, they're going to put Barrett over, but they decide, hey, this will be our opportunity to maybe give this guy a push. And, you know, put him over the number one contender. So I, I thought that was awesome that they did that. And um, so that was that. Then they go to uh, the opening match, which is going to be Dean Ambrose versus Luke Harbour in a Chicago street fight. Um, I love the way they did this. I know they've done it in the past with street fights, and uh, I can't remember the last time they did it. But I, I was really happy to see them bring this back where, Street fight, balls count anywhere, you know, no count outs, no DQs, all of that stuff. And they battle and battle and battle and have fucking a lot of good shit going on. And then they battle out of the fucking arena. They, you know, get into a, a vehicle and they're gone. And the show goes on because, well, shit, who knows where the fuck they are. It's in Chicago. That's the Chicago street fight. Anything goes on. So then they just go into other matches. It's just fucking fantastic. And then later on, they brawl back into the building. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it paints a cool picture to me. Like, these motherfuckers just fought for an hour. You know, even though they, you know, drove off, probably hit the fucking Arby's or some shit and fucking came back. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, I, I thought that was really cool. And the match overall, you know, even when they uh, they resumed it later in the show, um, you know, it was badass. They did a lot of cool spots with it. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, next up, you had Dolph Ziggler versus Sheamus in a kiss my ass match or kiss me arse match or whatever the fuck. Uh, then, you know, Dolph Ziggler wins and Sheamus kicks him in the face rather than, uh, doing that. Uh, the new day with Xavier Woods beat, uh, the tag champions of Cesaro Tyson Kidd with Italia. I didn't really watch much of this. Um, the New Day won the title, so I guess they're getting some form of push. So there's that. Um, you know, I, they're all talented guys. I just hate the fucking gimmick. I think it's garbage, so I kind of tuned out due to that. I heard it was a really good match, so unfortunately I missed it. But, uh, you know, that, that fucking uh, that gimmick is, is pretty horrendous. Um, so then uh, John Cena, you know, they had the, the uh, Ambrose... Harper conclusion here. Like I said, I just overall it was a really good match, and I do like that big uh, 
gap in the middle where they're, you know, suspension of disbelief, they're brawling through the city of Chicago. So um, then you had John Cena beat Rusev, and uh, this was a Russian chain match. And it's kind of like, the, you know, the uh, the Indian strap match or whatever where you had to drag him to each corner. But they did a little more, more like high-tech situation where they had the buttons in the corners and, you know, the colors that would um, – you know, apply to each one. So Cena would have the green color and uh, Rusev would have the red color. And I thought that was really fucking cool the way they did that. I thought this was a good match. Um, well worked by both guys. Uh, Cena's really busted his ass, you know, for a while now. And um, I, I, I'm a big fan of this uh, mid-card Cena thing. Because, you know, he still gets top fucking billing when it comes down to it. I mean, you could put whoever you want at the end of the card. Cena's still Cena, so he's still going to get the attention he was getting. And I think it really does a lot more for the rest of the card for him to be where he is. And um, he's still going to have, you know, super high-profile matches. I think Rusev is great. He works, um, you know, great stories and matches and sells his ass off. Um, yeah, I thought it was done really well. So there was that. Um Nikki Bella versus Naomi. I, I really didn't want to see that. Can't uh, pretend I did. Um, Roman Reigns beat the Big Show in a last man standing match, and I was really surprised in this match because I enjoyed it. I don't know many Big Show matches that I enjoyed. Um, I feel like at some point they just decided with Roman Reigns, just fucking, and at that point I started enjoying fucking Roman Reigns matches. And it definitely happened with the um, the Brock Lesnar match. He worked fucking stiff as fuck with um, with Brock at uh, at Mania. And ever since then, I think he's just been been working that that hard hitting kind of style. And I liked it. I, I like it a lot more this way. I could actually enjoy his matches. He's been you know going through a bunch as far as taking the punishment and dishing it out. And I just think it's a it's a way better look than what they were doing before. And this match was actually enjoyable, which to me, like, it takes a bunch to get Big Show into uh, something I would consider enjoyable. You know, uh, some pretty innovative spots. And, um, you know, the finish comes where he flips the whole uh, announce table on top of Big Show. And, yeah, I, I definitely thought it was cool. Um, they uh, Bo Dallas come out. Ryback attacks him, fucking lays him out, whatever. Gives a shit. Um, and then the, the main event was uh, Seth Rollins uh, beating Randy Orton in a steel cage match. They had a, you know, kind of weird stipulation where Randy Orton's RKO was banned, but uh, um, Orton hits, I think, the RKO on Kane or some shit, or what happened? Jordan hit the RKO on Kane, but then uh, Rollins hit the RKO on Orton, and then you know ended up winning the match that way. Uh, you know, Kane choke slammed everybody at one point or another, but um, it was it was all right. You know, they worked a good story with it, and um, yeah, it was all right for what it was. Um, I, I like Rollins as champion. I'm still in pretty much complete continuous shock that he's the champion, but um. They, they've done good things with it. I think it, it's worked pretty well. And, um, you know, it's it's fine. I'm really interested in seeing what goes on with Brock Lesnar. At this point, I've really 
I really kind of resigned to just uh, not watching Raw at all and just popping in on the pay-per-views because, you know, I have the network. So just watching the pay-per-views and kind of catching up as I go because I just uh, I can't do the week-to-week three-hour shit anymore. I get tired of fast-forwarding through, you know, 75% of a thing on my DVR. So for the most part, I don't even attempt to watch it anymore. So I don't know. Maybe occasionally I miss uh, a Monday Night Raw that's worth watching. And uh, I just, I don't know. I, I've uh, I've lost tolerance for a lot of things as of late. Although, you know, I'm not in, like, bad moods or anything. I don't feel like I'm, you know, just pissed off at the world. Like, I'm just like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. Moving on. And, uh, you know, this over here is awesome. That's awesome. Like, I just, uh, I forego the build and just go right to whatever they're getting to. If they're going to spend the uh, the four Raws, you know, building and teasing, and then the pay-per-view, you're going to get what you're, you know, you're paid for, you want to see. I'm just going to watch the pay-per-view and watch what I want to see. You know, I, I don't know. I've just gotten a little bit, um, you know, closed off that way, I guess you could say. But, you know, I, I tune in from time to time, and Raw has always been kind of an up-and-down thing. Here and there, they'll draw me in with something they're doing, and, and I'll go back to fast-forward and through uh, 70% of the, the show. But, um, yeah, that's that. I, um, what the fuck is that? Um... But anyway, yeah, I, I think that's about all I got. I'm, uh, like I said, I'm going to do over the weekend. I'm going to do that other show that I was talking about. And, uh, you know, it should be should be pretty good. And that will be my introduction to that. And then I'll just do those sporadically as, as I uh, find time or, you know, whatever, motivation, I should say. You know, just, just whenever I have something I, I feel like putting out there, I'll put it out there. Um, so yeah, this is, um, this is the time where we do plugs. So, uh, check out the sports den tonight. They should have a ton of shit to talk about with the, uh, the drafts going on tomorrow. I believe they're on tonight. Check out the sports den Facebook page, check out Stern nation's Facebook page. Um, you know, Andrew does, you know, occasional shows with, uh, Gonzo Shitcock and, uh, other people like that. Uh, Stern nation, you know, was a show that it was uh, Andrew and it was Stephanie and they've been on hiatus more or less because Stephanie has a lot going on. She's has an upcoming marriage and uh, her and her partner have, uh, you know, started a business where it's um, they sell frozen treats and they have like a food truck that basically does this. So, um, you know, to let you know a little bit more about them, um, it's called the Frozen Sin Truck, and uh, they're available for parties. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram, at Frozen Sin Truck, and like them on Facebook at Frozen Sin. Check them out at their website, frozensintruck.com. They already got more going than I do. I don't have a website. I don't have a Twitter, an Instagram. I mean, I, I do, but I don't use them for the show. So, I mean, look, these, these guys, uh, they got some next-level stuff going on. And uh, you can call them at 516-353-8713. They'll also be at Long Beach Super Long Street Fair, May 2nd, with a special appearance by High Pitch Eric from the Howard Stern Show, Whack Pack. And you can get all the information of that at longbeachfairs.com. So definitely check her out. Steph's great people. And um, 
You know, they're putting out a quality product over there, so go check that shit out. All right, so uh, I think that's about all I got. So um, I'm going to see what goes on for a guest next week. I've been actually trying, with, you know, with a couple people, including DJ, but um, kind of getting a little bit of a run around. You know, people are busy. It's not all about me. Uh, I don't take it personal. Um, but eventually I'll get some guests on here. Um, yeah, I'll see what I could uh, get together for next week. If not, either way, I should have a bunch to talk about. Um, previewing the CZW show and the JCW show, which I'll be attending both of uh, the following weekend. So, you know, I'll have a bunch to talk about. Maybe I'll hit Raw, maybe not. Um, should have a bunch of different things to cover, though, and especially the NFL draft. Big shit going on there. So, um, yeah, man, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, you know, if everybody, anybody listens to this, wants to check out the old episode to www.com blogtalkradio.com backslash Yakuza backslash podcast and you'll see all the episodes lined up there if you like any of the uh, interviews that I've done I got a ton of them up there and um, you go check them out give me feedback I love fucking feedback so um, hit me up and I'll uh, talk to you guys later peace Yeah.